we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Take the word of God, please, this evening and turn with me to the book of Ruth. I had a very difficult time settling on this text for tonight. If you were here Wednesday night, you probably understand why. If you were not able to be with us on Wednesday night, then may I encourage you, strongly encourage you, to go back and listen to and watch the message that Pastor Hooks brought to us out of the book of Ruth on being a follower of Jesus. It's very encouraging and helpful. And tonight, we're actually going to just begin our reading in Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, and we're going to just read this one verse and use that as our launching pad for this evening. Ruth chapter 1 and verse number 1, the Word of God says, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. If you're in the habit of marking things in your Bible, I'd like you to make note of this phrase that we find in verse number one. The Bible says, in the days when the judges ruled. In the days when the judges ruled. Now, you know, for stories, fairy tales, they begin this way, in a kingdom far, far away. If you're more like me, it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> and so God prefaces this wonderful story. By the way, Hollywood has lots of really cool stories, but nothing is so intriguing as the Word of God. These stories are just fabulous. I mean, could you even imagine a life like Joseph's life? You can't even write that stuff, you know? And the same is true with Ruth. And God says to us that it came to pass. That means that everything that we read in the book of Ruth, from this point on, God wants us to know that this book is written about a time period. All of these events, these people's lives, took place in the days when the judges ruled. Now, what were the days when the judges ruled? I'll tell you. They were not highlight days in Israel. Hold your place here in the book of Ruth and go back with me to Judges chapter number 2. We find here in verse number 11, sort of a synopsis, a microcosm, if you would, of the entire book. The book of Judges is a bloody book. It is a tragic book. Joshua has led the people into the land of promise. He has conquered and defeated as he goes, but there are many, many peoples that are left in the land. And Joshua tells the people of God expressly, it's my time to go, but the job is not done. You have to continue. You have to stay true to God. You have to stay true to His command. You have to drive out these people from the land. If you don't, there'll be a thorn in your side the rest of your lives. And they don't. The book of Judges, to put it in modern vernacular, the book of Judges is an epic fail for God's people. 
Judges chapter 2, verse number 11, the Bible says, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served Balaam. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers, which brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods. Of the gods of the people that were round about them and bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and He delivered them into the hands of spoilers that spoiled them. And He sold them into the hands of their enemies round about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil, as the Lord has, uh, had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them. And they were greatly distressed. Nevertheless... The Lord raised up judges, which delivered them out of the hand of those that spoiled them. And yet they would not hearken unto their judges, but they went a-whoring after other gods and bowed themselves unto them. They turned quickly out of the way, which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandment of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised them up judges, then the Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies in all the days of that judge. For it repented the Lord because of their groanings by reason of them that oppressed them and vexed them. It came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers in following other gods to serve them and to bow down unto them. They ceased not from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. There's a terrible cycle that we find in the book of Judges. I'm sure you're perhaps familiar with it. God's people would sin, and because of that sin, God would bring about judgment upon them. And they would be taken into captivity and oppressed and enslaved, subjugated to the nations that they should have expelled from the land of promise, but they did not. And in that slavery, they would cry out to God, and God would send a judge. Now, this was not a judge in a courtroom-type setting. These were military chieftains. These were political leaders, if you would. And God would raise them up for a time. He would fill them with His Spirit, and He would use that judge to free His people from oppression. And as soon as they began to feel the peace and the comfort of God and the land of obedience, immediately they'd go back into idolatry and the cycle would begin over and over and over. Not only would the cycle begin over and over again, but they would get worse and worse. Look at verse number 19, if you would, in Judges chapter 2. It came to pass when the judge was dead that they returned and corrupted themselves more than their fathers. If you read through the book of Judges, you find judges like Othnel and Ehud and Deborah how God would raise them up and use them to, to free His people. And after each judge, the people and the leader just got a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. Finally, you come to Gideon, a coward of a man. By the way, doesn't it give you great hope to know that some of these people are in the hall of faith? Praise God. It encourages me. He's a coward of a man. But finally, through just such, such small faith, he believes that God can use him. And with 300 men and some torches and some pitchers and some trumpets, uh, really, they don't do anything. God fights for them and, and defeats the armies. But how does the story end for him? Those who don't come to join him, he slaughters. God never tells him to do that. 
He builds a golden idol out of the gold that was the spoils of war. And as soon as he dies, the people begin to worship the idol that he himself built. That idol was used in child sacrifice, by the way. After him, you have Samson. And of course, we know the story of Samson. Jephthah before him. Jephthah, of course, we believe, killing his own daughter in, sacri- uh, in ritual sacrifice to God. This is how, by the way, this is how far he had come from a knowledge of who the true and living God was. The gods of the, of the Canaanites said, we want to sacrifice. And so before he even goes off to war, he says, if you give me the victory, I'll sacrifice whatever it is. Of course, he has no idea. It'll be his daughter that comes to meet him. And then, of course, Samson a man of the flesh, a man just given to sexual appetite and all of these terrible things and whose life ends tragically. And the people of God just get progressively worse and worse and worse. And it's in that storyline that God says, let me tell you about Ruth. I want you to know that Ruth did not live in the good days of the judges either. Ruth lived sometime, we believe, within the life of Samson. After Samson's death, the last four chapters that are given to us in the book of Judges are so horrific, I could not comfortably read them. It is awful. It's unspeakable. And it actually leads God's own people to be engaged in a civil war. Israel has now become their own enemy, and they're slaughtering one another. This is the climate of the book of Ruth. This is the days when the judges rule. And if you'll turn back one page from Ruth and look at the very last verse of the book of Judges, the Bible says, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Sound familiar? My body, my choice. My life, my gender. I'll tell you what I am. I get to decide. We're a nation of laws, supposed to be. Political leaders who will not even enforce the laws of our nation. You know why? Because we refuse God as our king, and every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes. It seems dark. Let me tell you why it seems dark. Because it is. And I don't want to, in my own life, and I don't want to project a sugar-coated view of where we are as a nation and where we are in our world, but I do want to encourage your heart through Scripture tonight. Because... Look, if you would, please, at Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the one was Elimelech, excuse me, the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was, uh, and she was left, and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of the one was Orpah, the name of the other Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malon and Chilion died also, both of them, and the women 
was left of her two sons and her husband. Get this. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. I'd like to give you six things very quickly tonight about what happened in the days when the judges ruled. And number one, I give you this. In the days when the judges ruled, God visited his people. Hold your place here in the book of Ruth and turn with me to the New Testament, Luke chapter number 7. There's been a period of 400 years, what we call 400 years of silence when there's no open revelation. John the Baptist comes on the scene. He's the forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Jesus, the, the Messiah, bursts upon the scene. He begins his earthly ministry and, and uh, in relative obscurity, but his fame is becoming uh, more and more widespread, and people are starting to hear about who he is. Verse number 13 and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said unto her, Weep not. And he came and touched the bear. And they that bare him stood still. And he said, Young men, I say unto thee, Arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. This, of course, the account of the funeral procession that Jesus breaks up, walks into a town, and there's a funeral procession. Here's the whole town, the mother in front, and she's a widow, and they're going to bury this little boy. And Jesus just breaks up the whole thing. He says, Let me just, just end this comes and touches the casket where the little boy is, is in, and he sits up. Verse number 16, And there came a fear on all, and they glorified God, saying that a great prophet is risen up among us, and that God hath visited His people. I want to tell you something. There's no question about the darkness of our day. There's no question that if we wanted to, we could sit around all day long and talk about all the bad things that are happening, not only in our country, but all over the world. And by the way, don't we love to do that? Why? I don't get that, but I'm, a, I'm as guilty as anybody else. Hey, did you hear the news? Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. Oh, yeah, this happened and that happened. Why do we do that? I don't know. But I want you to know, that even in the dark days in which we live, God will visit His people. And watch this. He'll visit His people in such a way that, that He does not have to say, I have visited my people. He will visit His people in such a profound, powerful way that those who are around, those who are there, those who see what God is doing, they will be the ones who look and testify and they will say, God has visited His people. Amen. Would God make this church such a place where people in our community, people in our country, look at what's going on here and they say, look, we see all the terrible things that are happening in this world. We see all the immorality. We see all the godliness. But wait a second. There's something happening at the Tabernacle Baptist Church. I think God has visited His people. By the way, that can happen in a corporate sense. That can happen in an individual sense. The people that we work with, the people that we know, those in our family... We don't have to school them on all the bad things that are happening in this world. They know. They're aware. But I want you to know that in the days when the judges ruled, in the days when every man is doing that which is right in his own eyes, God can come to his people, God can move among his people in such a way that those on the outside looking in can testify and they can say, God has visited his people. Would you look at that? Would you see, by the way, Remember this, in the darkest days, God does His greatest of works. 
That's encouraging because we're in dark days. So what do we find? We find that God visits his people. By the way, they heard it in Moab. They heard it all the way in Moab. Naomi, why are you going to go back home? God's visited his people. The blessing of God has returned to Bethlehem, Judah. I'm going back there. I want to encourage you tonight. In the days when the judges rule, God visits his people. May I give you a second thing? In the days when the judges rule, the lost were saved. Ruth chapter 1, verse number 16, And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and whither thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and here it is. Thy God, my God. We don't know exactly when uh, Ruth came to faith in Jehovah God, but we know that this announcement, this, de this declarative statement that she makes is evidence that she has said, I'm turning my back on all the false idols of Moab. By the way, the principal god of Moab was Chemosh, this horrible, awful god that they would sacrifice to. This is the world that she was, that she was raised in. And, and these people come from Bethlehem, Judah, down to Moab. And no doubt, as, as their families are, are, are joined together in marriage, she's, she's sharing the gospel with her. She's telling her about the Messiah that is going to come. She's telling them about Jehovah, the one who brought them out of Egypt, out of the land of, of slavery and, and into the promised land and all these great truths. And we don't know at what time. We're not sure exactly. But we know that at some point, Ruth says, I'm turning my back on all of those false gods. I'm turning my back on Moab and I'm looking to Jesus. I'm looking to the Messiah. She says, your God is going to be my God. And when does that happen? In the days when the judges ruled. In dark days. By the way, not everyone was a testimony for God. For most of God's people, if, if the Moabites or the Amalekites or the Philistines or any of those people groups would have looked at most of who they called Christians, they would have said, you're just like me. But there were some people. They were not perfect people. We're going to see that. They were not perfect people. But isn't it great to know that God can even use imperfect people to take the gospel to lost people? And in the days when the judges ruled, you see lost people coming to a saving knowledge of God. Naomi is saved in the days when the judges rule. By the way, this, this series that Pastor is in, in the book of Corinthians, I don't know about you, but it's, it's helping me greatly, and I'm encouraged. Yeah, look, Corinth had a lot of problems. Corinth was a really, really messed up church. But think about this. Women who worked as prostitutes in temple worship were now in the church. Yeah, problems had to be corrected. Yeah, they didn't have all their Baptist eyes, eyes dotted and T's crossed. That's okay, but think of this. Look at where they were. Look at where they are now. They're in the church of the living God. They've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. They're saved. They're not perfect. Where did that happen? It happened in Corinth. What happened in Rome? Rome is this wicked, idolatrous place. And Paul says, those of the household of Caesar salute you. Those in Caesar's own palace had come to faith in Christ. Hold your place here and check this out. Uh, turn to Acts chapter 13. There's, I cannot read Acts chapter 13 without catching this little phrase here. Acts chapter 13, verse number 1. 
Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers. Now these are the cream of the crop. These are the best of the best. These are the ones who are being, who are being scouted to be sent out as missionaries. The Bible gives to us their names here. Barnabas, Simeon, that was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, and Menaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. I draw your attention to Menaean. Who is he? We don't know a whole lot about him. But here's what we do know. He was brought up with Herod the Tetrarch. Who was Herod the Tetrarch? This is the guy who murdered his half-brother and married his widow. This is the guy who imprisons John the Baptist and eventually cuts his head off. He's a Herodian. He's the worst of the worst. And this man, Menaean, we don't know exactly what the relationship is here, but he is brought up with Herod in that same house. One of them turns out to be someone who Jesus calls a fox, a sneak, a snake, murderer of John the Baptist, and the other one is a pillar in the church. Do you know how that happens? Because even in the days when judges rule, the gospel works. People can be saved. And Ruth comes to know Christ in the days when the judges ruled. There's a third thing. In the days when the judges ruled, backslidden believers repent. Look at chapter 1, verse number 19 of Ruth. The Bible says, So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass, when they were come to Bethlehem, that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt bitterly with me. Had he? No. No. By the way, who moved first? Who moved? God didn't move. Naomi and her husband should never have left Bethlehem, Judah. Yeah, I understand financial times were tough. Yeah, I understand there's a famine in the land. But you don't go to Moab. You don't go to a pagan city. You don't raise your kids in the world. And they said, for financial gain and for ease of life, we're going to leave God's people and we're going to go down here to Moab. And then she comes back and she's bitter. She's bitter at God. She's angry with the Lord. He says, is that Naomi? Don't call me Naomi. Don't call me pleasant. Don't call me sweet. God has dealt bitterly with me. I'm angry with the Lord. What happens in the days when the judges rule? She gets her heart right. She comes back to the Lord, turns just a few pages over. Chapter number 4, verse number 14, The woman said unto Naomi, Blessed be the Lord which hath not left thee this day without a kinsman, that his name may be famous in Israel. Naomi says to Ruth, Blessed is the Lord. When she finds out of this, this whole idea of Boaz, oh, he's a, he's a near kinsman, and, and look, God has not left you destitute. God, she says, blessed be the Lord. What happens in the life of Naomi? She gets her heart right. Hey, listen, there are people we are praying for right now. And if you're as honest as, as I should be, 
There's great doubt in our minds and in our hearts that those backslidden Christians in this climate, in this nation, will ever truly come back to God. I want you to picture a young man. Says to the Apostle Paul, I'll go with you. I'll be a missionary. And he quits. Something happens on Cyprus. Something doesn't wash out right. John Mark says, I'm done. I'm done serving the Lord. I'm going back home. Later on, the Apostle Paul will say, I don't even want that kid with me anymore. Watch him walk away. And Paul and everybody else says, there goes a quitter. There goes a backslider. Won't see him in church anymore. Won't see him serving Jesus anymore. God leans over the gates of heaven. He watches the young man walk away. And he says, there goes a gospel writer. There goes a missionary. There goes someone who's going to help Paul in his ministry. And I want you to know that there are people, family members perhaps, that we're praying for. We're saying, oh God, bring them back. But in our hearts, we wonder, can it actually happen? And the answer is, in the days when the judges rule, backslidden believers can still repent. Number four, in the days when the judges ruled, God's word was obeyed. We think sometimes that it's impossible to live for Jesus in this day and age. Young people especially begin to think, look, is it even possible to do what's right? Look at all the influence. Look at all the world around me. Let me show you something really cool here. Look at chapter 2 and verse number 15. The Bible says, And when she was risen, speaking of Ruth, risen up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and reproach her not, and let fall also some of the hands full of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them, and rebuke her not. Now, why would he have to tell them, don't rebuke her? There's already people in the fields that are gleaning, right? So why would he specifically say, now look, I know that you know who she is. You leave her alone. You let her glean. Oh, by the way, leave her the hands full on purpose. I'll tell you why. Hold your place here and turn with me back to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter number 19 and verse number 33 God commands His people. He says, And if a stranger... This is somebody who is not of the nation of Israel. This is, a, this, is a, this is an immigrant. This is a foreigner. And if a stranger sojourn with thee in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwelleth with you shall be unto you as one born among you. And thou shalt love him as thyself for... Ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. You know what Boaz is doing here? He's being faithful to Scripture. He's obeying God. God has told them when someone comes... Oh, by the way, read through uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Look, go, go through the, the giving of the law. God has much to say about the widow and the poor and how they're to be generous with them and give to them. The foreigner is not to be oppressed. 
know what Boaz is doing? He's simply being obedient to God's word. And I want you to know, in the days when the judges ruled, this is a unique thing. Think about everything that is happening in the nation of Israel. Think about some of the awful atrocities that are taking place. Think about entire cities that are being destroyed over an idol. Women and children slaughtered and killed in the streets. Read it for yourself. Think about young ladies being abused until, they are, until they're killed. Think about, excuse me, think about her body being hacked into 12 pieces brutally and sent to all 12 tribes. It's awful. It is awful. And yet, in that climate, in the days when the judges ruled, here stands a man and he says, regardless of what is happening in my culture, I will be obedient to God. I'll be obedient to his word. You leave the girl alone. That's what we've been commanded to do. Let me tell you something. It's going to take some grit in this day, in the days when the judges ruled. It's going to take some determination. And more than that, it's going to take the grace of God and the filling of his spirit to obey his word. But it can happen in the days when the judges rule. Thank you, number five. In the days when the judges rule, God provided for his people. Look at Ruth chapter 2 and verse number 20. And Naomi said unto her, unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord who hath not left off his kindness to the living and to the dead. And Naomi said unto her, The man is near of kin unto us, one of our next kinsmen. In the days when the judges ruled, God still provided for his people. Naomi and Ruth travel from Moab. They, they, they arrive in Bethlehem. And when they get there, they have no idea how they're going to make their living. You know the story. Pastor covered it very well just the other night. Naomi sends Ruth into the field, and Ruth goes to glean. What does she find? God's provision. She finds, finds a faithful man who says, leave her alone. Oh, by the way, I feel sorry for her. Just dump those hands full on purpose. If all of God's children are being, are being honest, we would say very simply that all of us live the hands-full-on-purpose life because God no doubt reaches out over the, the balcony of heaven and He just pours blessing upon blessing upon blessing. God provides, even in this day, he provided food for them. He provided a, a kinsman to redeem them. He provided children for Ruth. Look, God is in the business of providing, and it does not matter what's happening in this world. You see, there's a recession right around the corner. It's not around the, around the corner. It's here. Let's just be honest. Does that mean that God is unable to raise great sums of money for His church? Does that mean that we stop, as God's people, we stop uh, attempting anything for the Lord because, well, look, we can't stop running the buses, stop buying candy for Sunday school. I went and bought it this week. It's expensive. I said, it's a Tootsie Roll for crying out loud, you know? So what do we do? Do we just stop everything? We say, well, no, here's why. Because even in the days when the judges rule, even in dark times, God provides for His people. God takes care of His work. God is debtor to no man. He will provide in the days when the judges rule. Let me give you one final thing. Number six, in the days when the judges rule, God is preparing to send a king. Chapter four, verse number 18. 
Now these are the generations of Pharaz. Pharaz begat Hezron, and Hezron begat Ram, and Ram begat Amminadab, and Amminadab begat Nashon, and Nashon begat Salmon, and Salmon begat Boaz, and Boaz begat Obed, and Obed begat Jesse, and Jesse begat David. I want you to know, in just a couple years from now, just a couple years from this story, a young man's going to walk into a valley with a stone and a sling. And he's going to look at a giant of a man and he's going to say, you're coming to me with a shield and a sword. I'm coming to you in the name of the God of Israel whom you defy. In just a few years, God is going to whisper into the ear of a prophet, I have found a man and he's after my heart. And he'll be the king. And in that day, no man's going to do that which is right in his own eyes, but he'll do that which the king instructs him to do. And I want you to know, it's dark. I get it. We all get it. But in the days when the judges rule, God is preparing to send a king. And when he comes, he'll fix it all. It won't even matter anymore. So look up. Why, why would we deliver this message tonight? What is the point of it? William Carey said many years ago, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. I'm not going to speak to you tonight, I'm going to speak to me. I do not attempt great things for God because I do not expect great things from God. If I expected great things from God, I would attempt great things for Him. And church, I want to encourage you tonight. The day is dark. We are living in the days when every man does that which is right in his own eyes. But I want you to know that God will visit His people. The lost will be saved. The backslidden will get right. God's Word will be obeyed. A king will come, and it'll all happen in the days when the judges rule. So may God help us. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.